Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where a little of that goes a very long way as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 66th episode in the series, Dorothy's New Friend. I just, I love the fact that somebody who did not see this episode ever, um, and hi if you're listening, just like be like, what the fuck did she just say in the intro? I know, I know, yeah. I know. In addition to not understanding any of the podcast content, you will not understand the intros if you don't watch the episodes. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's really great. Uh, this is this is one of my, I think, top five episodes. Me too. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it's it's so great. There's so many great lines, and it's a it's a true to life situation that I feel like a lot of people have been in. You know, one of your friends doesn't like another one of your friends, and how can you, you know figure it out. There's comeuppance. There's just everything about it. It's just exciting. It's so good. Yeah. And, and Dorothy is just, you know, um, such a hero in this one, I think, and mm-hmm. such a, a hero we need for these times. Um, <laughs> it's true. But yeah, I honestly, in my, my first note is like, I think I've watched this one so many times that I could, I didn't do this, obviously, I'm responsible, but I could have, I think, done a podcast episode without having watched it again. Absolutely. I just like have so much of it ingrained in my head. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's for sure top five for me. And I think that's also fairly uh, common. I think this is a, a crowd favorite. Yeah. And I think because, like you said, Dorothy's a, the hero we need for these times and others. Um, but also because it's a very relatable thing where she's trying to break out and do new things. You know, get off her duff and do something. And I think... <laughs> You know, I think everybody's felt like that. And she is doing the right thing. She's she's playing to her interests. She's exploring, you know, I mean, it's 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 written so believably that she would be, you know, into Barbara Thorndike, even despite that we can tell she's a she's a tool from the moment we meet, we meet her. Uh, just because of the whole literary connection. And, you know, this comes up again and again with Jeopardy and with the IQ tests and all that kind of stuff. Mensa, Girlsa. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I think that Dorothy... Um... Dorothy being bored with her work and her social life is super relatable. And I yeah. also think you often sort of do, or at least in, in my case, like you do something that feels kind of like a big step, you know, like going yes. to that author's thing and like also trying to connect with her, the author yeah. that you're there to see or like people in general. Like I do feel like it seems kind of small, but it's not when you're in that situation, you're like, I need to, I am so bored, like, I need to do something to switch this up, and I think that, um, sort of what you're saying is Dorothy, often, her pretentiousness, for lack of a better word, gets in her way, which I don't mean as an insult, I'm very pretentious, but, um, <laughs> you know, I think that that's what she feels isn't fulfilled, is, like, she loves Blanche and Rose, she loves living with her mom, you know, even though, like, there's some jokes about that but she's not intellectually stimulated enough in the way that she would like to be and yeah. so she seeks that out both with like you're saying like Barbara Thorndike like the the Mensa thing even like when she goes to the party or like when she's becoming friends with Miles, Miles like it's yeah. all you can see that that's something that she wants and it's also understandable because like you know Blanche isn't super into I'm sure discussing like economics and international relations and things like that and Rose is Rose and so I'm like <laughs> yeah. where's she gonna go for that run it by me again <laughs> <laughs> they do actually it is funny because they do play with so we talk about the archetypes right on like the polar opposites we have Dorothy who's very smart and Rose who's very dumb classically right and like you know saying dumb in a, in a way just to make it simpler yeah. <laughs> here we all know the nuances but 
they do a very good job, I think, of playing with Blanche in the middle. Yes. Of I, I do think they, for the purposes of the comedy in this episode, they err towards the side of Blanche being dumber, or at least being not interested in intellectual pursuits, as you were saying. She's not going to discuss economics. <laughs> yeah. And then we get another little fun Elvis mention, yeah. right? It's the only newspaper that Elvis will talk to from beyond the grave. But I think they do a good job with her in the middle, right? Of explaining, yeah. you know, the metaphor and her talking to Barbara Thorndike, talking down to her after she talks down to, her, to Blanche. And it's, it's, it's great. And her also, I think that Blanche is more... Um, like shallow almost you yeah. know or like not as like like her she's really interested in like celebrities like yes. it's lowbrow i guess is like where her Low interests are good, yeah and that i think because she does i think they you totally nailed it when you say they do a good job with like having her be the sort of like middle indicator because there's a couple instances where she rose says something and she's like oh my god like i can't <laughs> believe i have aligned myself with it you know like she yes. sees it and she doesn't she doesn't insult rose because they're on the same team but you can see that she's wants to <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> well and also at the very beginning before they lose barbara thorndike completely because they're being very earnest they want to meet this woman dorothy's excited about you know blanche has, you know only met arnold schwarzenegger before <laughs> so you know, like like you said, like Blanche is noting the dumb things Rose said of like, especially the Malamars, you know, yeah. the, like line and everything. <laughs> and you, but like not saying anything because she's just trying to be like, okay, straight face, let's yeah. move on, move on. Yeah, everybody, shake it off, shake it off. The only teammate. I know, seriously. Um, but so first, first of all, Barbara Thorndike is like carrying like she's carrying her book for Dorothy, but like she has like a portfolio. Of yeah, papers. and she like walks on like air, you know. It's yeah, like it's so ridiculous. She's, like prancing. But the whole line, you know, immediately out the gate, where she's just like, you know, an author. It's like, oh, I'm a writer. Malamute's an author, and that, <laughs> an author, and that's the whole Malamars thing. So Bernard Malamute is is a Jewish author. Mm. Holy <laughs> wow. fuck! I I mean, I never realized that interesting before. yeah of just like it's it's such a it's an amazing little writer's it little is. you know poke in there and it's it's almost foreshadowing in a really weird way yeah. of like and i think it also gets to the complication of like barbara's argument all the way at the end is that it's not her policy right mm -hmm. and so she's like yeah cool i love jewish people too i love malibu as the author <laughs> you know it's like it's it's so built into that whole like classic refusal to acknowledge the harm you're doing because you're you know it's the same as like oh black people for friends right and you're just yeah. like it doesn't mean that you're not yeah. perpetuating racist policy so it, it, it just kind of blew my mind that that was in there i agree i i think that it's also really i don't know that it was um so thoroughly thought out like this but i actually think that is also very true of people who like tolerate intolerance it's like well I, you know like i'm not anti-semitic i read this book by a jewish author yeah. and it's like well, <laughs> that's, that's what I, that, yeah, exactly. it's, like it's not, and I think that that is actually a really smart move on the writer's part to be like, this is the type she is. And I also think, you know, on the heels of fucking Donald Trump's presidency, like that was so, people were not embarrassed anymore to be like that. And I yes. think that it's like, you know, like I don't, it doesn't bother me that my friend is a member of this, like, you know, white nationalist organization. I'm not. And it's like, well, you shouldn't, the thing is, like, you shouldn't be friends with that person yes. because that's a reflection of you. And You're that's right. what I, you know, that's what I mean by Dorothy is, like, the hero we need because, like, 
ultimately she's the only one here who says like I'm not going to be two degrees away from an anti-semitic club and Absolutely. you're willing to be one and that's not good enough for me Absolutely. and so like she doesn't miss a beat no with the tolerance well, oh my god it's so funny. I know I know um, but we're getting ahead of ourselves yeah but so so Barbara also like she's so honestly this actress plays it so well because she's, know, she's so wonderful. overly do you write yeah <laughs> No, why do you ask? And then, like, the story about her getting the brooch was, mm. like, this is what you need. You know, like, you, we've met somebody who tells a story like that, and you're like, girl, that's from Bloomingdale's. Like, muse, enough. Yeah. My muse, my everything. Oh, my God. Not to mention a dashing young rocket. I mean, it's uh, it's too much. But, yeah, it's like, yeah, we've met people like her, for sure. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> so do you bowl? <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, they're all trying so hard. It's so lovely, right? Because really they're nice. doing it for Dorothy. And <laughs> oh man, so uh, you know, she walks Barbara out because she leaves preemptively because she realizes that you know Rose and Blanche are not going to provide her. They're limited. Yeah, Ooh, that's a tough. Line. <laughs> oh man, that, I know it's such a tough line. So you know, immediately the door slams. What do you think? I love that because it's so, so true to life. It's happened so many times where you're like immediately start gossiping about like, oh my God, we have to talk about this. And you're just like, she can hear you on the other side of the door. Like give her like a beat. <laughs> but especially when you don't like somebody and you know that somebody else doesn't, you're like, okay, like, she's gone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> absolutely. That's yeah. what I mean. It's yeah. so perfect. But the, uh, the whole me too, <laughs> me too. The, like the blocking of how Blanche is leaving the room and the cadence and like, <laughs> Rose's, like, delayed reaction, everything yeah. is just outstanding. It's so wonderful. Yeah, it's really, I mean, when she, she thinks I'm dumb. <laughs> it's like, so it's really, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, I want to uh, talk about, you know, they're they're sitting and talking about the experimental theater. Mm, my God, of course Barbara Thorndike would go to experimental theater. <laughs> totally. So he, she, <laughs> Blanche is like, somebody dragged me to a show there once. She goes, <laughs> Like, talking about God and eating graham crackers. Yeah. Right? So I, I was trying to see if this might have been an allusion to a real show, and it's not. But it's definitely an allusion to the graham cracker inventing guy who was, like, so into God, and it was supposed to be to, like, quell your sexual urges. Oh, wow. You know? It's, like, yes. the same It's the same thing with, like, the Quaker oats and, like, all, you know, it's like, just, but, like, graham crackers yeah. were this thing that was, like, specifically invented to be, like, don't masturbate, God is watching. Eat a graham cracker. Uh, the Atlantic actually has a really fascinating article on it wow. called Looking to Quell Sexual Urges? Consider the graham cracker. So I would recommend it. But I, I just thought that was kind of funny because I was like, oh, this is actually based in reality. Like, there would be an all-male nude <laughs> experimental show, you know, in Miami uh, about, like, the graham cracker suppressing your sexual urges. Totally. I just Googled graham cracker sex and it came right up. So <laughs> that's what you're after. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, that makes so much sense. There's a lot of, like, um, sort of related to that. I also felt like it was just so appropriate that Blanche is going to the masquerade ball as Eve. Yes. Which, oh, you know, yeah. also I love a biblical imagery, while Rose is going as this big cow. Like, you know, it's just, like, so <laughs> them. Um, I know. It's like, you know, on Halloween where you always have, like, yes. the slutty girls, and then you're like, I, <laughs> like... <laughs> I was just going to say that. It was that Mean Girls, right? Yeah, yeah. When she comes, like, hideously dressed and just like, oh, you didn't get the memo that you're just supposed to be, like, sexy blank? Yeah. You know? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's absolutely perfect. Um, but it's also, I mean, you know, we'll talk about it at the end, but, like, the bookend of that costume and the line at the end of Dorothy so is, like, smart. it's magnificent. Um, so, anyway, so... <laughs> 
you know, I love, again, from a true-to-life friendship standpoint where, you know, Blanche and Rose are like, you know, first impressions can be wrong. Like, let's give it another shot. And it's actually really lovely. Like, because they're like, they're, you know, there must be something that we missed mm-hmm. about about this. Um, and then, you know, the, like, I was wrong. You don't wear too much makeup and just the relief Blanche has and like her, her delay and the joke. It's the same as like Rose delaying with the me too line. <laughs> it's, it's like almost the exact same, like kind of pattern, but both actresses just do it so well. And it just lands with the cadence of like how the studio audience is laughing. It's just, it, they're just brilliant scenes. It's so good. When, when um, it, the camera, looks at Rue's face when Rose says, a little girl back in St. Olaf. It's just so, it's another time where she's like, oh God, this is my only ally. So I have to, (laughs) I have to deal with it. But then this is another like top St. Olaf story, I think. Like, you know, Lady Hickenlooper. And then when Blanche is like, how come your name isn't Big Dummy? And it was like, well, there are already three other people in the town. Like, it's just so good because, you know, like, I think that Blanche is so well- used in this episode yes. like you were saying because she is exasperated and there's nobody else there to hear this fucking ridiculous story about me and old lady hickenlooper <laughs> and like but she can't you know she recognizes that she and rose are on the same team here and so it's like it's very funny to watch her kind of like trudge through the saint Olaf story <laughs> and rose it. just you know so excited to tell it absolutely per usual. i love what you said earlier like i can't believe i aligned myself yeah. with her <laughs> My only so but like amazing. we've all been there I feel like you know like when you're like particularly like at work when you don't actually have to the best pick of the litter of like who's going to be your work friend you're like oh god I guess <laughs> yeah or like best we make got. A point. yeah you're <laughs> yeah. like I can't believe I have to be on your team yeah. okay oh god um so <laughs> so then you know they're having a rough go of it round two with Barbara Thorndike and <laughs> Sophia. I love when Sophia walks in. Well, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> just like, you know, she sticks around to unfortunately insult Dorothy, et cetera, et cetera. And then, uh, you know, I actually, I actually kind of like her insult about you writers never stop using your imagination more than just her, like, think about a date or you yeah. know, whatever. She, it's just like, eh, it's kind of a cheap But it's lap. still like the... Yeah, I know. I know. It's still unnecessary. It's like it's just like it's giving me PTSD from like the last episode of how yeah. rude Sophia was to Becky. I but, see that. But uh, anyway, it just that the scene in <laughs> as we alluded to in the very uh, last episode when we were talking about what we we're going to talk about the whole like a game of Oogle and Droogle <laughs> and just you know oh the adult version of hide and seek or how is it different than the children's version? Rose's face. Yeah. Like, oh likes, my god. Adults play it. What do you not get? It, it, I can't. I mean, it looks like a simple way you can deliver that line and have that look, but I think it's it's too subtle to for anybody else to get it as right as Betty. White. I know. I wrote. I wrote in my notes like Betty White is so good in this episode. She always is, but I feel like I was particularly paying attention to her here because she just adds so much to these scenes. Also, when um, Barbara Thorndike makes the Dorothy Parker joke, and then... Rose is like, I can't remember hearing anything more clever. Unless it was last week on Al. Yeah, like, it's just like when the cat next door yeah, comes, she's like... So, <laughs> just like so good and so like kind of unaffected by Barbara's... Like Blanche feels more bothered to me when Rose is like just not quite getting it. Like, you know, like if you met Barbara Thorndike, you would know right away she doesn't want to play Oogle and Flugel, but Rose doesn't. Rose is like, oh, totally. you know, like I'm trying to make you know like make amends with this person like here's a great idea <laughs> exactly, exactly adults play it no and then yeah and Blanche already is like 
you can see... So so after this incident, after <laughs> for waves, the second waves, time, waves. <laughs> um, Rose is is over it. Yeah. Right? Because then you have the, like, that's a metaphor, Dorothy, when her and Blanche are, like, poking the yeah. bear in the kitchen. But Blanche is over it almost at the very beginning of this sort of second. Yeah. You know, like, Rose is trying all the way through and then gives up, but Blanche, you know, with the whole, like, oh, waves and waves, and, you know, I know what a metaphor is. You know, like, all of that, um, throwing it back to Barbara, yeah. which is great. <laughs> yeah, it's really exciting. Um, but so... They have the establishing shot. First of all, they also have establishing shots where it like looks like they're shooting from like the neighbor's yard, which I think is <laughs> fascinating. But this establishing shot of the restaurant they go to that looks like this like Tudor style building mm-hmm. is perfect. Yeah. Like it's it's absolutely where this ridiculous literary theme. I know, but don't you wish it was real? Like I, I mean, like... <laughs> seriously, the hangout. I know <laughs> Miami's literary <laughs> intelligentsia. Uh, Barbara's outfit is hideous. Uh, with her giant bow. It looks like she should be, like, the sideline with Mr. Haha. Yeah, but, oh my god, it's like a pussy bow. <laughs> I, seriously. But, so, that, you know, that whole, it's it's kind of interesting to me when she does say that, like, really cutting line of, like, Blanche and Rose are limited. And yeah. Dorothy, I think she handles it well, but I would want to, I want to see a little bit more defense of them. It, I, I guess in when you're caught up and you're, like, you're kind of taken aback and you're trying to speak as a peer, and you're obviously, like, looking up to this person. Mm-hmm. I can see you not being your proudest self if your friends had actually seen you talking right. about them like that. And she does come to the defense right away, but I just, it's a little light for me. I wish she was a little bit fiercer. But I understand it has to lead up to the big party I see that. End. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that, like... The thing is, Dorothy would never say it that way, but I think she kind of agrees. Not yeah. that they're oh, limited know. is maybe the wrong way to put it, but they're, you know, the whole thing is that they're not interested in the same thing she's interested yes. in, and they don't want to, like, pursue these sort of, like, intellectual things like she does. Um, yeah, so I yeah. guess she's agreeing to the general concept, not necessarily, like, the Right, the phrasing, remark. yeah. So that I think that sense. also what's interesting is, like, Dorothy, I don't quite know if I think Dorothy sees it about Barbara. And the one example that I feel like was really should have was when they're doing the like (laughs) Jack and Janet thing in the kitchen and um, (laughs) they say that I think Blanche says like Barbara asked to pass the stall in Latin. It's like, oh God. I know. Even if you like them, you'd be like, all right, (laughs) come on. Totally, yeah. And so there's times where I feel like Dorothy, and this too, when she says limited, I feel like Dorothy can kind of see that like, you know, Barbara kind of sucks, but she she does like her. You know, it's like it, both of those things can be true. That's true. That is true. It's a it's a very gray area, and I I think there's so many people like Barbara Thorndike where, and I think this happens with a lot of young people and particularly young men, right? Especially young men on the Kelsey internet, Freeze. where it's like, <laughs> where it's like, okay, like I'm smart. So I'm going to try to go over the top and use any opportunity to, like, show you that I'm smart. Right. Such as passing the salt in Latin. Not understanding the difference between making, like, a witty, you know, Orson Welles kind of comment, you know, Dorothy Parker kind of quip, you know, versus, like, just talking down to people. Right. It's, like, so unnecessary. Yeah, it's unnecessary. But I also (laughs) think, like, a lot of young people and also people like Barbara Thorndike who have never learned what the difference is, um, is, is really fascinating to yeah to yeah with. i mean the whole like i feel like ben shapiro like every right wing yes, like radio host is like i went to harvard so i'm smart you know it's like oh my god all right well i know okay <laughs> but you're not smart anyway. yeah 
Uh, don't listen to Ben Shapiro. Anyway, no, please so, don't. Yes. Um, so th- what's interesting is the the line <laughs> in the beginning. You know, a little of this goes, a little of that goes a very <laughs> long way. I, for the longest time, was like, "What is this alluding to? Is this the Iceman cometh? Like, you know, what was is, is what's the what's the literary illusion here?" And I don't think there is one. I think she's actually just saying like the illusions are over the top. Yeah, which cracked me up because it. The way she delivers it feels like she is doing the Barbara Thorndike thing where she's trying to be clever with the waiter, but she's actually just being like, okay, enough with the, the literary jokes, which is, is interesting to me because I never read it that way at first. I Yeah, that's interesting. I, the mood reminds me of when she and John Naredi go to the... <laughs> yes. Or is it John Naredi or is it... Um, uh, Uncle Lucas, when they go, I, I don't know, because, no, you know, they're the both, like, thematic. Yeah, they're both right. the themes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, no, that Uncle same Lucas sort is the of, lobster. Like, yes. So it's, like, that same kind of, like, okay, I'm at a theme restaurant. Like, I can take a little of it, but it's, like, I know. you know, the same vibe. It is actually the same set, so it's, it's Right, and it literally is. <laughs> it literally is. Uh, but I do think that's, like, a funny, I feel like the writers were just, like, oh, my God, we have all these great literary puns. Where can we use them? Like, uh, exactly, you know, like, <laughs> exactly. But it is, I did think it was interesting that Dorothy was, like, tired of it. Yeah. It was kind of funny. Generous helping of yeah. George Bernard's law. The Edgar <laughs> Yeah, I think the George Bernard Slaw is my favorite so one good. of all of it. <laughs> It was great. Uh, All right, so before we get to the night of the, you know, big reveal, let's take a quick break. We're going to need it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're back. It's time to go to the Mortimer Club. Not. I would never go. (laughs) (laughs) I love how... You know, Rose is like, Wait, are we going to do another one of these? You know, because again, she fell off the cliff. She's done with it. You know, and it's, um, you know, Blanche is like, who cares? Like, it's so great. Yeah. You know, and I think it's, they do a really good job of like, they've never mentioned this place before, but let's talk about why it's so good and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, <laughs> we've spoken about this before when you have a, a character who has a non-speaking part and how they just have to sort of mime and it's really fucking awkward because it's always miming in like situations where like you really should be saying at least something like hello. Like Murray Gutman <laughs> yeah. says, nice to meet you. I know, like, that's all Murray. he says, right? But but like that actor got paid more than Barbara Thorndike's right. date because sure. like that that's how fucking scripts work. But um, I always I hate that guy because he's the just little... smiling and stuff, <laughs> and he's got this weird hilarious eighties mullet. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> but um. I also I also loved Sophia's line where she's like, more power to you, yeah. you know, which also feels like such a young person phrase yeah. at that point, like more power to you. It's, uh, it's great. But yeah. Um, yeah. So Murray, you know, nice to meet you too. And <laughs> so cute. <laughs> Barbara, again, that actress, perfect. Just like, do you see in the kitchen? And, and the like, gliding. The glide. The pool, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Especially because they're wearing these ball gowns and it is, oh, yeah. And then just the comeuppance of... As we just talked about earlier of, like, Dorothy doesn't miss a beat. There's no... She doesn't fall for Barbara's, like, well, it's not my policy. Right. She's just like, but you tolerate it. Yeah. Like, immediately. And it's like, how many fucking people today, like, we, we were saying, need that information? For sure. That's, that's like, so important. And it's just... Oh, just like Dorothy telling off Jeremy, it's just like such a high. It is. It of really like, you is. You know, or uh, not telling off Jeremy, but like, you know, having her like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just same that emotional outburst is the same thing. It's yeah. so great. It's so great. So actually, before I get into that, I want to say two things about the other room. So first yeah. of all, I love the outfits. Dorothy's like red sequin like scarf. She looks that she's wearing. Great. She looks great. Rose yeah. is wearing a 
very similar dress to what she met Isaac Q. Newton in, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> so many sequins, just like everywhere. Yes, like, yes, yes. Love it. That means fancy. Yes, I, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and I wanted to say that Barbara, again, doesn't remember their names. Nice. And it, yeah, like that really is a pet peeve of mine. Like, I don't mind if it's like, you know, like you're meeting somebody for this. Obviously, like, there's some there's some wiggle room there but if you've met somebody like multiple times and you're introducing yourself and you're just like you cannot remember their name it just really gets on my nerves it's well, she, like she remembers them because she says it to Dorothy in the rest right so it's just she like you're just saying it's like a power move it's such a dick thing to do totally um but yeah okay so when they go in the kitchen I actually this episode I I like we've talked about how much I love it but I watched it on my birthday in 2020, which was, like, yeah. my birthday's in August, and the election was obviously in November, and I was just like, oh, this is what I need, you know, like, I was like, this is so obvious to me that, like, all of these people who were like, well, it's not my policy, but I'm friends with this person totally. who is voting for this white supremacist, like, I, you know, I still, I'm like, is something wrong with me that I have, like, so many rules about, like, how many degrees I need to be away from <laughs> an active white supremacist? But, no, it's not I me. Know. It's, like, you should – your friends reflect your values. And I'm not saying you need to have the exact same political alignment, obviously. But if you can be friends with somebody who goes to an anti-Semitic club or somebody who votes for a white supremacist or somebody who's, like, not that bothered by these things, like – that does say something about you. Whether yes. or not you, like, think that it does, it sure does to me. And so, like, it was just, like, such a moment where Dorothy's like, no, I'm not going to, like, you know, and I, I think it also just hits back on this argument of, like, we should be tolerating intolerance. It's like, well, I, you know, I shouldn't have to make a cake for gay people if, like, and oh it's, God. you know, not the same as, like, being actually discriminatory. And so I just think it's such a short but like such a powerful moment and really I just feel like should be shown in classrooms like honestly <laughs> so though, no it, I think of that scene which like you said is so short it's probably 30 seconds yeah honestly and it's it's the same as the AIDS is not a bad person's disease race, yeah right and that's also an extremely short clip but it's so powerful in that moment and it's just and of course all the way leading up to like let me spell it out for you Go to hell. Oh. And she goes like, A? You know, like, she doesn't say A, no, but she always has that Italian affect of like, yeah. you get what I'm fucking saying? It is awesome. Yeah, because it's not like, I don't want to, and I love so much that it's not gentle. It's like, yes. I am actively disgusted by your willingness to do this. And that like, to me, it's like, we should all, I don't understand why we're not all like that. You know, like, mm -hmm. it just feels like the very ground floor to be put off by somebody who's cool with an anti-Semitic policy. Yes, yes. And, oh my, oh my God, when you were talking about teaching in classrooms, not only does she have the whole, like, oh, it's not my policy, but then she has yet another argument, quote-unquote, right, where she goes, she goes, all right, well, fine, we won't go to the Mortimer Club. Like, let's just, it's fine, we'll go somewhere else. And Dorothy's like, hello. Right. Not the point. Like, and it's great, because I do feel like, again, in, in the discussion of Donald Trump's presidency and all this other stuff that we are, again, and continually reckoning with, particularly as white people in this horrific country, is that <laughs> with all of its faults, it, I mean, we, like, there, there are so many times where there is this, like, argument against, or like, like you were saying, that one of the classic ones is the tolerating intolerance. Well, you, you can't, uh, this is against my rights, I should be able to be a dick to, yeah. you know, people not, like, sorry, <laughs> gay people, you know, all of that stuff, and it's, 
there are so many ways you can get tripped up, particularly if you're just learning and, you know, falling for these like sort of uh, straw man arguments mm-hmm. against 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 racism you know, yeah. like just you're trying to fight the good it's fight like an all lives matter thing it's absolutely. like well you know it's the same absolutely. thing it's like that's you don't, exactly right yeah and you're trying to you can't make someone see that and that's what you're saying like when she's like well we'll just go somewhere else like we just don't have to and it's like an easy we don't have to talk about right? politics yes. like we do Correct. Ugh. That's exactly right. That translation of like, well, we don't have to go to the Mortimer Club. We'll go somewhere else. Oh, we don't have to talk politics. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. I just don't want to. I don't. I don't want to make a scene. I don't want to do this whole thing. Right. And Dorothy goes, No. Yeah. So good. <laughs> oh my god. The go to hell is just like, and it, it's Ugh. one of those great examples of like where when you when you don't yell and raise your voice, it's even fucking yep. more powerful. It's very mod, too. Yes. You know, yes. like, it's That's super... Right. Like, because Dorothy's obviously very political herself, but it's... The Golden Girls is, is funnier, I think. Or, not to say that mod's not funny, but I feel like mod was really into, like, serious stuff, you know, yeah. like abortion and, and things like that. And so this is, like... She gets to have her very... Um, her very staunch principles come out in a way that's not a joke, yes. which we don't always see with the, this show. And it's right. just ugh, so well used. No, it's wonderful. And I also love that we don't see Barbara storm out and we yeah, see Barbara sort of, yeah, <clears throat> just like she has, you know, that, that moment, the half a second before, you know, when Barbara leaves and then before Blanche and Rose come back in where she's almost reckoning with herself. She's exhausted of, like, I can't believe, like, how close of a call this was mm-hmm. for me, like, aligning myself with this person. And then, like I said before, we get this brilliant <laughs> of, like, with all the practice I've had lately, I'd be honored to be the so horses good. behind it. Oh, uh, it's such great writing. Great, like, I, I hope the writers, like, high-five themselves when they did that. Or, such, you know. a, such a, It's such a reflection, again, of how good of a person Dorothy is because she's, like... I think it's also really interesting because what Blanche and Rose were saying about Barbara was true, but was probably not enough of a reason for Dorothy to stop being friends with her. Right. And so it's like, part of it is like intuition about somebody like that, but also part of it's just like, I didn't listen to you guys at all because all I heard was your first argument. I was like, yes. no, that's not right. Right. Um, and you know, it's stuff like passing the salt in Latin or like forgetting their names or pretending to forget their names. Like that's different from being like... I don't relate to these people at all. You know, like, one of those things isn't so objectionable, and the other really is. And yes. so it's it's great to see Dorothy come to that. Um, You're right. And, that it's, and that's why I think this episode works so well, is because there is such nuance in getting to know new people, trusting your friends, having, like... You're like, we, we can have, like, cause there's a line where Dorothy says, like, we can, ha- I, am I not allowed to have separate friends? Yeah. You know? And that, again, that's a real true-to-life thing where, like, the edges of your life sort of butt up against each For other. For sure. But... <laughs> to this point, like, you know, there's a certain point where it's a point of no return. You have to make a choice, and Dorothy clearly made the right one. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's very, very brilliantly done. Yeah, I'd rather go anywhere with Murray Gutman than the Morton Red Club with Barbara Thorne. And he doesn't even have to turn his tux <laughs> No, I love out. his tux. <laughs> Snazzy tux. <laughs> love so it. So great. Nice to meet you, too. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything more? No, that's it. All right. Well, join us next time. We're going to discuss the Hollywood game show, Hotel Robbery, and that naughty boy Fernando and his feathers. (laughs) Take care.